Welcome to the Lion's Den University Report. This program brings you a behind-the-scenes look at the spiritual life on today's university and college campuses. Now here's your host, Glenn Bailey. For this interview, kind of an interesting uh, guest. Uh, my guest is from Germany, and uh, he serves in two universities, uh, Jürgen von Hagen. Uh, and uh, Jürgen, welcome to the bro- program today. Thank you, Glenn. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, so good to meet you. And, and you're from uh, Germany, but you're here uh, for this conference that I'm at. Uh, uh, my cousin uh, Tim Bailey hosting this conference, Not Ashamed, here at the Clear Note Fellowship in uh, Bloomington, Indiana. But you're a professor here at the Indiana University and also a professor over at the University of Bonn in Germany. That's right. I teach economics at the University of Bonn, and also every fall I'm here to teach some economics at the Kelly School of Business in Bloomington. Great. Okay. And uh, so, uh, but Bloomington, as you were telling me before we turned on the microphones, uh, is an important place in your spiritual life. And uh, tell us a little bit about how you came to faith in Christ and how Bloomington uh, was a part of that. Well, Glenn... um, What is now the Kelly School of Business, it was my first job after finishing my PhD. I got a professorship, an assistant professorship at uh, the business school in Bloomington. And uh, so my wife and I arrived here in 1987. My wife was pregnant. We were not believers. We were both raised in the church in Germany, but uh, we were We didn't have living faith. But then we joined the Bloomington Symphony Orchestra, and uh, on the first rehearsal, an elderly man walked up to me and said, I hear you're from Germany. Mm. You have to come to our church. And I never understood that connection, but we did go. (laughs) So we attended a worship service one Sunday morning, and a couple of days later, my wife delivered our first baby. The baby was seven weeks early, so we had no preparations, nothing. Right. It was a major chaos in the home. And so I met this man from the church uh, a couple of days later in the street, and I told him about it. And the next morning, some people came to our house, and, uh, and they said to my wife, don't worry about things. Uh, we will do the meals. We do the shopping for you. We help you with the baby. We buy wow. stuff for the baby. And, you know, we were just looking at these people and thought, what's going on here? These are Christians who do not just talk about the love of God. They also live it. Right. And so that attracted us. And uh, so we became members of that church, and that's where we became believers. Excellent, excellent. So, so it has been a great blessing for us to come to Bloomington. Right, all right. So you saw the practical application of the Christian faith, and had you just a nominal understanding of who Jesus was, or what was your understanding of the gospel at that point? Well, I was raised in the Lutheran Church in Germany, and so I had to attend confirmation class and things like that. Um, so I, I had some knowledge about the Bible, but it was all very theoretical. Right. And uh, I had never experienced people who not just talked about their faith, but actually acted according to their faith. Amen. And I was very impressed by that. Right. And, and very attracted. 
And so now I'm, I'm also a pastor over in Germany, and one of the things I consistently tell people is don't just talk. Right. Our faith is in our hands, you know, what yes. we do. Yes. That's yeah. the true witness of our faith. And that was part of Jesus' teaching. He said, yes, don't just absolutely. be hearers of the word, but be doers of it. Be doers of the word, and, yes. Uh, but he also talked about the, that uh, it's belief in him that gets us to heaven, isn't it? It's yes. It's not, uh, not yeah. the works that we do. Well, uh, it's also belief in him that m- makes us do good works. Right, right. That's an outgrowth yeah. of that faith right. in Christ. And, uh, uh, and so... You believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose again and that he's coming Amen. again at some yes. point. Yep. Great, great. And I look forward to that. All right. You uh, know, that's actually an interesting point, especially over in Europe. Christians have mostly lost that perspective that Jesus is coming back one day. And if you lose that perspective, then you lose hope for the world. Because what's the point working towards the good of the world if you don't have hope for it? Right. And so I think it's very important that the church over in Europe regains that belief and and conviction that Jesus is coming back one day. Right. Amen. Amen. And so you said you're a pastor of a church now there. Is that uh, correct? What, yes. Uh, what did you do for training to move to that level of ministry in your life? Well, I spent many, many years uh, preaching in different churches helping out when pastors were sick or there was a need of preachers. And so that prepared me. And then uh, I actually became a student again. So every year for a few weeks, I have to go and study to get my my uh, degree mm-hmm. at um, the seminary that's run by our association of churches. I see, right. Well, that's great. And now in the, your field of economics, I understand that you uh, have uh, had quite a number of accomplishments and uh, that uh, maybe you were involved even w- with the establishment of the euro as the currency in, in Europe. What was uh, that all about? That was the big topic in the 1990s when I went back to Europe, uh, especially in Germany. That was the major theme, uh, how to establish a new currency. And my angle on that mostly had to do with public finances, government, taxes, expenditures, debt, and so on. And so that was a very interesting time indeed. Right. Okay. And so uh, you had input into the establishment of that new new currency and the European Union there. Well, you know, that's, that's difficult to say mm-hmm. because it's difficult to say – this particular idea or this particular rule in the European framework goes back to my work. The way it really works, if, you, if, if you're active in this area, is you speak to a lot of bureaucrats and a lot of policymakers and you try to convince them. Right. And sometimes they listen, a lot of times they don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, so you're, you know, uh, well-versed in the area of economics. How does your Christian faith affect your uh, teaching and your uh, involvement in the field of economics? Uh, do you see a d- any direct connection there as well? That's an interesting question, Glenn. Most people nowadays do not know that economics actually grew out of theology. Hmm. The person we nowadays consider the founder of modern economics, Adam Smith, 
was actually a professor of moral theology at the University of Glasgow. And I became very interested in that connection a few years ago, and I've done some work on uh, the history of economics and the connection between economics and theology. And it's, it's really quite obvious because economics has so much to do with ethics, with how people interact and deal uh, with one another. It has a lot to do with how we think about wealth and uh, what we do with our money. Do we invest or do we just consume? And the Bible talks a lot about these issues, as you know. Right. So there's really a large potential for working together, for cooperation between theologians and economists. Unfortunately, that's not being used very much these days. Right. Okay. And uh, are you able to talk about these things with uh, colleagues or in your classes? Or, uh, and, and are there other Christian economists that you interact with? Well, there, there are groups of Christian economists, both in Germany and in the United States, that meet regularly and, and, uh, and have conferences. Obviously, my task at the university is to teach economics, not to teach theology. So I cannot focus on things which are not supposed to be on the curriculum. Um, and I would set a bad example if I started talking about theology when the class is on economics. But that's the content side of teaching. I think in the way of uh, how I deal with students and um, how I interact with students that's an outflow of my Christian faith very much. Right, okay. Because I, I see every student as an individual that's valuable mm -hmm. and not just as an, an object of teaching. That's right. nasty. Yes, okay. <laughs> as a lot of teachers do. Right, yes. It's a person made in God's image that yes, uh, you have absolutely. interaction with. And right. Now, uh, maybe you could make some compar comparisons since you're in the U.S. part of the year and then in Germany most of the time at, at university campuses. Uh, what is the spiritual life uh, like over there at the University of Bonn? Is there, are there Christian ministries like uh, Campus Crusade and others that are here at uh, Indiana University? There are Christian ministries. There's um, both of the large uh, churches in Germany, the Lutheran Church and the Catholic Church have official campus ministries. Uh, I work a lot with the Catholic campus ministry, actually. Um, and then there are smaller groups also, like uh, Campus Crusade and uh, uh, groups like that. A lot of the movements that started in the United States at some point came over to, uh, to Germany. But then the majority of the students are not Christians, and, and they're also not interested in, uh, in the Christian faith. And in that regard, I think um, the situation on campus here is very much like the situation in Germany. Now, having said that, I think the climate in the United States tends to be a little bit more aggressively anti-Christian Mm. at the universities, right? Uh, and we don't have that in, uh, in Germany. Is that right? It's more, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the large majority of the student 
students and faculty are just indifferent. Would they categorize themselves as atheists or agnostics, or do they have a church connection, but they're not practicing? Well, if you ask them, most of them would probably say, well, of course, I'm a Christian. I was baptized. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. about as far as it goes. Right. So nobody likes to call himself atheist, but essentially that's what these people are. Sure. Um, I mentioned the Catholic campus ministry for a reason. Two or three years ago, I started a ministry for faculty members at the University of Bonn, and now we have regular prayer meetings, which is something that never existed right. at our campus. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that has been a really good development. Great, great. And uh, so uh, as you're involved there, uh, have you had opportunities to share your faith in a public setting? You say you're a pastor. Tell us what uh, what your experience in the church is like. What in, uh, responsibilities are you carrying out? Um, I pastor a, a small independent church. It's called the Free Evangelical Church. Mm -hmm. It's uh, a Reformed church, except that now we also have a growing part of the church uh, that comes from Africa. African immigrants, most of those have a Pentecostal background, mm -hmm. uh, but they become reformed and we become a little bit more Pentecostal, let me <laughs> okay. put it that way. <laughs> but it works surprisingly well. It has rejuvenated the church and uh, we've really seen a big revival in our church due to that uh, combination. Well, my guest uh, for this broadcast has been Jurgen von Hagen a professor both here at uh, Indiana University and also at the University of Bonn in Germany uh, in the field of economics. And uh, Jürgen, thanks for joining us. We're going to continue our discussion on our next broadcast. You have been listening to the Lion's Den University Report. If you would like more information about the Christian life or would like to contact the Lion's Den or one of the guests, please write us at the Lion's Den, Post Office Box 226, Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, 17844 or email ltcldur at yahoo.com.